Praise God. Well, we have been in a series called The Fight of Faith, and uh, we're going to continue in that this evening. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. We're going to uh, just read a few verses. Um, we got into some things last week. We're going to pick up where we left off, recap a little bit, and then go forward. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 says, But you, O man of faith, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, godliness, or gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul is saying to Timothy here, fight the good fight of faith. And as we've said, we're not going to cover it. We couldn't possibly cover everything that we've covered. We're building. Each of these is building on the one previous. But there is a fight of faith in the earth. You know, it would be nice if there wasn't, if we just coasted, didn't have to exert any effort. But the fact is we live in a fallen world. There is a devil. Uh, he doesn't have authority over Christians. We spent some time. If you didn't listen to these messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to them because there'll be a help. We spent some time in that. Satan is called the God of this world. He is not God over the Christian, but, and he has no authority over the Christian, but he is in the world. He has a lease, and those that will yield to him, uh, he has influence over. Not, I mean, if Christians give him place, then he can work in their lives, but he has no authority to do so. And so, we, but we do live in a fallen world. We do, there are people that, that follow after uh, listen to the enemy, follow after ungodly things. And so the world is in a state that's different than when God created it. And so the Bible says that we need to believe God, believe his word, act on what he said, and act in the authority that we've been given as Christians, and we can walk in abundance, in health, in everything God has promised, but it will take us exerting our faith. It's not, and we, we, we're just going to recap really, really, really briefly, get everybody on the same page, but this is not something, you're not fighting the devil. You're not fighting to get the blessings of God. The fight is to stay in faith and in rest in what God has said. Because the world system, Satan will try to get you out to where it's you. You're trying to do something in and of your own strength. You're trying to fight the devil. People you know, try to war against the devil. If they knew uh, what the Bible said, Satan's already been defeated. We don't have, Jesus has already taken care of that, thank God. But what we do, it's kind of, it sounds uh, counterintuitive, our fight is to stay in rest. In other words, to stay in faith and in trust and confidence that what God said in his word, that's what's going to come to pass. Stay at peace. Stay calm. Stay in faith, trust. And it's an effort to do that. Because the world system, what you see and what you experience will try to rip you out of that and get you back to where you're like, well, I got to do, so, I gotta do this. What, what am I going to do? And get you to, to exert and not believe. See, that you know when you lose your joy and peace, you're not in faith. You're starting to look at what's going on around us. So there is a, there is a fight. We've covered uh, that some. 2 Timothy 4, 6 says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Now, this is Paul at the end of his life, and he's saying, I have fought the good fight of faith, and I've, I've uh, finished my race. He said, I've done it. He's looking back and saying it's done. I fought and I won. I did what I needed to do. I pushed through. That's what we want as a witness. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Boy, it looks like it's closer than ever, though, doesn't it? Looks like we're getting to, to, to some things. But regardless, when we stand uh, before the Lord, we want to say, I, I fought the good fight of faith. I didn't give in. I didn't let down. I didn't let all this junk that's going on around me distract me from my mission, from what God, you said, from what you promised. And I pressed through and just said, I'll take that. I'll take a hold of it. I'll rest in it. And I won't let go. I'm going through. And I did go over. And that we want that as our testimony. When we look back at this time on, our, uh, on the earth, uh, we're going to wish that we would have done everything that we could to trust God. Because when we see clearly, we're going to say, that wasn't that big a deal. Why did I let that get me off or that get me off? So we want to do everything we know to do to walk in God's word and trust him. Because we know he's trustworthy. We know he's faithful. And so in the midst of the storm is when we need to act like it and act on it. We, we spent some time... Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, talking about the Word. How, how is this faith going to come? It's going to come by the Word. Romans 10, 17 so, says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If we're in, a, in the fight of faith, then we need faith. If we're in a fight of faith, and we don't have any faith, then we're going to lose the fight. You know? If you're in a certain event, you know, if, like I played soccer, if you're playing soccer and you have zero soccer skills, you're going to lose, unless there's some miracle. I don't know how that would happen. If the other team has skill and you don't, more than likely you're going to lose. Well, in the fight of faith, we need to have faith. We need to know how it comes. We need to, to do what it takes to get us in, get it into us. And we, we spent some time on that. It's the Word. And sometimes we're, 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 we're too far down the, the road and, and go, well, I'm trying to believe, I'm trying to believe, and you don't try to believe. We need to look back upstream sometime and say, what am I putting in? If I'm always saying, I'm trying, well then, what am I putting in? Because if I am putting the right stuff in and focusing on God, then faith will be there. You have to act on it. But, you know, that'd be like, I, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, but I haven't eaten anything. But I just, I'm trying not to be hungry. That didn't work. Just go get a, go get a sandwich. <laughs> go eat something. Oh, I just, I'm try, really trying not to be, now if you're on a diet, that's another thing. <laughs> trying not to be hungry and I can't go eat, well, that's a different, but we're not talking about that. Mark 4, verse 1. So we got into last week, and we're going to, this is kind of the second part of this. We looked at this uh, parable of the sower. And um, now I'm, we're talking about this in the context of fighting the good fight of faith. I want you to look at it in that context. We're not doing an exhaustive study on, on this parable. We could spend months on this, just this, but that's not what we're doing. But let's read the parable, and then we're going to look at the, the meaning of the parable, and then we're going to look at the different areas. But the first two we, kinda, we already looked at, so we're going to just uh, fly over those, I think. Uh, Mark 4, verse 1. 
So this is Jesus speaking. He said, Again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, and so that he got into a boat and sat, it, or sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. Verse 3, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. Verse 6, But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside... All things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. So verse 13, he gets into the meaning. Verse 13, and he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Verse 14, the sower sows the word. So we're talking about the word. The seed... The word is represented by the seed. Verse 15, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So he, he looks at the different uh, situations in sowing this seed, and likens it to sowing the word. Now, let, we're going to go over the first two fairly quickly, because we covered those. If you didn't hear the message, go back, listen to last week. But uh, if we go back to, um, well, we're going to look at what the parable was, and then we're going to look at what Jesus said about it, and then look at it in a few translations. Mark 4, verse 3, Jesus says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. So the sower is throwing seed, some of it goes by the wayside, and birds come and get it immediately. Mark 4.14 then, Jesus explains. He says, The sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So he's saying the seed that was sown by the wayside, immediately the birds were getting it. And this is representing when the word goes forward, like right now, or if you hear it at home, or if you're reading the word, 
Satan comes immediately and tries to steal it. If he can get it at that point, great. He's done. And he does all kinds of things. He, does distract, he tries distractions. He tries offense, whatever. Just know when the word is going forth, Satan is trying to take it from you. Because the word is how you're going to get faith. And faith is how you're going to win in the earth. That's how we're going to uh, fight this fight. It's a fight of faith. So what we're looking at here are all scenarios that we need to look at our own life and apply because this is how we're fighting. These are all different scenarios, and it shows what happens when we, when we um, react or behave certain ways. It ends up not turning out. Like here, right when the word sown, Satan stole it. So what does that mean? You didn't get anything from it. You don't have faith. That means you're not equipped like you should be for what's coming. So if we're talking about a fight, if we're talking about navigating in this earth, we just got whooped right at the beginning. It's like the bell rung and boom, we hit the ground. For the time being. I mean, we get back up, but we just got stolen from. That's one way. That's, that's a tactic we got to know about. We have to sidestep. Uh, let's just go on to the stony ground because we covered those in some depth. Mark 4, verse 5 says, Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and it was scorched, up it was scorched because it had no root and withered away. So Jesus is talking about the seed. It falls on ground that has rocks in it, doesn't have a lot of depth. And so it, it goes into that ground, and immediately it springs up. There, there begins to grow. Something begins to grow. But as soon as the sun comes up, it's scorched, and it withers away. Why? Because it had no depth. You could think of something that was just, just a little bit of earth. It sprung up quick, but it didn't go down, and so it failed. And Jesus then explains what is going on here as it relates to the Word. Mark 4, 16 says, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so, only, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So this situation is... In the natural, when the seed is sown, no depth, springs up, but goes away quickly. When we're talking about the word, the word sown, somebody says, ah, this is my answer, I got it, I'm going, I needed that, I needed that, that, that uh, strength, I see it, I'm going. They're, they're excited, they go, but they only go for a little bit, and as soon as pressure comes, you see these words, tribulation, persecution, uh, this is not just coasting. Stuff comes in the earth. Now, we need to maintain our focus on the Word and believe God and stay in rest. But notice, there's pressure. So pressure's coming, and instead of staying at rest, let go of it. Dropped it. Excited at the beginning, but if we're talking about fighting, fought for a little bit and said, man, this is too hard. Gave up and got beat. Not saying out for the count, not saying defeated forever, but got knocked down. Got, who knows? It's up to the, the individual what's going to happen next. But this is what not to do. 
Not supposed to do this. This is, you know, a playbook. Okay, don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. So, let's go on to uh, the third one. So Mark 4, 7 says, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. Now these other two, like I said, we, we spent some time and we got to this place and then you know, we unhooked last week. So here we're going to get into some more depth. If, if you didn't hear the other ones, go listen to those because we spent quite a bit more time. Mark 4, 7, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crops. So some of the seed fell, and there's, you know, weeds, thorns there. The thorns grew up, and they choked the seed. So the plants that would have grown up with the seed were choked, and there's no fruit, yielded no crop. So if we go to Mark 4, 18, Jesus explains. He said, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of, deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word. Can the word be choked? What did Jesus just say? Yes, the word. The word of the living God, can it be made ineffective in a person's life? Yes, we just read it. It said, these things entering in choke the world and it becomes unfruitful. So it's possible for the word to be planted and not produce any fruit. Let's look at this uh, in Matthew. Matthew 13. It says, Now he who, same account, is accounts of, in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, that are just different accounts of the same happening. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world a word, and it becomes unfruitful. In Luke, Luke 8, verse 14, it says, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. It's talking about these, seven, these, these things. It says three in one and three in another and then two in one account. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of life or the desi desire for other things. So we're not going to go in real depth, but just look at them real briefly. The cares of this world. The concerns of this world. Let's look at it in the Amplified before we go on. Mark 4.19, we'll go back to Mark, Mark 4.19 in the Amplified. It says, But the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures. Let's stop right there. 
The worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with, with its worldly pleasures. We live in this realm. We are not of this world, but we're in it. It's not going to last forever. You're not gonna, you are going to last forever. I'm going to last forever, but we're not going to be here forever. But this realm has distractions. It has pleasures. God's not against us having pleasure. But here it's talking about those pleasures and the distractions getting in the way of the word. And what does it ultimately do? It chokes them. It chokes the word. And, bear, and then we, the, the individual bears no fruit because they've been distracted. They've been loaded down with worries and cares. You know, a person could do that. You look around. There's distractions, there's cares, and, and people, they take their eyes off the Word and they put it at, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we? And they, they, the Word is choked because of the influx of all this other stuff. And we're talking about the fight of faith. What's happening right here? What are we fighting? We're not fighting dev the devil. We're fighting to be in faith, to maintain faith, to hold on to what God has said. What's happening in this scenario? It's getting muddied. There's distractions. There's cares. That's pulling our attention off the word. Well, that, what does that mean? Out of faith, what does that mean? We're going to get whipped. I know some people, they don't like that. Well, it, it should just be all smooth sailing. That's not reality. It's not up to God. It, not everything's up to God. We have a part. God has a part. God has done his part through Jesus, and he will give us his grace and help, but we need to cooperate with him. And we need to, we're going to have to push some stuff back if the word isn't going to be choked. God will be there every step of the way helping us and giving us grace to do it. But if we think we're going to put whatever we want into our, our eyes and our ears and, and, and spend time on all kinds of stuff and put all that stuff in and then the word is going to bear fruit just like it would without, that's not true. That's what Jesus is saying. It's, it's likening it to thorns that are coming up, keeping any, the, the, the seed from bearing fruit. The word's there. The word's just what, what it always is, God's word is, is true, and it's life, and it's light, but it's crowded. So it says the, the worries and the cares of this world, the distractions of this age, with its worldly pleasures, can choke the word. The deceitfulness and the false security or glamour of wealth or fame can choke the word. The word comes, but again, looks like... We talked about this in the offering. Well, I, 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 can't, I can't do what the Word says. I, I, that, that'll cost me. I, and to get the eyes on money. What, what is money telling me? What is, the, what is the job telling me to do? What, what is the economy telling me to do? And then we can get distracted. Well, God, I can't do such and such because you understand what happened. It's choking the Word. Is the Word true? Is the Word true? It, the word's true. It's always true. That, but see, it, something is, is pushing us off the word here. In here, it's the deceitfulness, or I like the way it says it, false security or glamour of wealth. False security. It, wealth, money, is not our foundation. It's not security. God is security. 
That's the foundation we need to be. We spent, I don't know how long this series was, eight or eight weeks on our source. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. God has to be our, our foundation. You can see all the turmoil in the world going on. We need to know God is our source because that type of stuff, if you start making decisions based on what you see in the economy or based on money, we're going to, we could make the wrong decision. And then the word, God wants us to succeed. God wants us to be in the right place. But, but we're not looking at the right thing. Our faith becomes weak and it's choked. And then it says, and the passionate desires for all other things creep in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. It said, the desires in, other, in the um, New King James said, the desires for other things, the pleasures of life, choke. Could just be other stuff in life. God's not against us having pleasure. God created us to enjoy life. But we can only truly enjoy life when we're doing what he would have us to do and doing it in his way. Then we can enjoy the other stuff. If we get it backwards and we start looking at certain, well, I have to do this and I got to do this at the expense of what God said, then it's going to be backwards. And again, what's going to happen? Our faith will be weak. We'll be, it, the word will be choked and we'll be pushed off. So another thing in the playbook. Okay, another thing, don't do that. See this? I'm going to show you that don't do that. You're watching film of a game or film of a fight. This is what not to do. This will lead to defeat. So finally, let's look at Mark 4, verse 8. <clears throat> Mark 4, verse 8 says, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. So Jesus is talking about, he's talked about these other grounds, and now the seed fell on good ground. Mark 4.20 then, Jesus explained, he said, but these are the ones sown on good ground. These are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, some 100 Matthew 13, 23 says, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So the word was sown into the person's heart. They sought, they accepted it, and they bore fruit. So we already know some things about this person bearing fruit. We know some things they did not do because of everything we read before. We know they heard the word, they accepted it, so we know Satan didn't steal it right away. We know that they had some longevity because they bore fruit. It didn't just spring up and then go, and then when persecution came, they didn't drop it. And we know they didn't get distracted 
by the cares of life, by the deceitfulness of riches, by the cares for other things, because they bore fruit, because those people all became unfruitful. They didn't bear any fruit. It, the word was choked, but here the word's not choked. So this is the area we want to be in. This is what to do. This is our example of how this is winning. When we bear fruit, we're winning. We're winning the fight of faith. We're doing. You know, Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. He told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He said, I have run the race. Well, this is what it looks like. Did Paul bear fruit? Yes, absolutely. He ran the race, so he must have been doing these things. He didn't get distracted. He didn't get, when persecution came, he did not stop. So we want to model this. In, the, in Luke 8.15, the other account, it says, But the one that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Ah. So we get a clue. Having heard the word with a noble and good heart. Notice that. There is a heart. It's a description of the type of heart that receives the word. It says a noble and a good heart. Receiving the word. Not for the short term, but for the long haul. Believing it. Accepting it as the word of God and seriously taking it in not getting it stolen, taking it in. When stuff comes to push on it, no, I'm holding on to it. When there's distractions, no, I'm holding on to it. I esteem the Word of God. I believe God will help me through and do what He, he, uh, he needs to to help me as I follow Him and I believe Him. I'm trusting that His Word is good and that I can trust Him, that I can be calm and at peace and secure in his presence, and I'm going through. It's, it's a decision, and it is for the long haul. So it says, a good heart, keep it. Having heard the word with a, good, a noble and a good heart, they keep it, and they bear fruit with what? Patience. Patience. In the CSB version, it says, But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who, having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it by enduring, and they, bear, they produce fruit. What are we talking about? We're talking about fighting a fight of faith. This is bringing out, there is something more than I fought two rounds. Why aren't I done? What's going on? This is, I'm fighting until. I'm enduring. I'm, I'm having patience. I'm pushing through until. Until what? Until I win. Until the fruit comes up. Period. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get pushed off. But I will endure. We're not talking about a quick 
fight. This is a marathon. If this is, you know, the heavyweight championship, this is 15 rounds. Have you ever boxed? We were just talking about this. I don't know how it came up yesterday. Oh, I know how it came up. This is funny. We were talking about the George Foreman grill, and somebody at our, our I won't name names, but somebody said, who's George Foreman? And I was answering it and started to say a boxer, and one what, of what my kids said, he, he's the one that started the grill company. He's, the, he's, the, he's, he's on the grill. <laughs> they didn't know that the reason he's on the grill is because he was a heavyweight boxer and known all over the world, and then had the money, and then started a company and put his name on a grill. Anyway, we were talking about it. Um, I've never boxed in a ring. Uh, uh, several of us were being stupid. There was this time period when I was in high school, and I don't know why, I don't know, but somebody got boxing gloves, and people were into, like, messing around boxing. And so we'd go over to somebody's house, and, and people would box each other. And I did, I don't know how many times I did that. It wasn't, I, these guys were doing it all the time, but I wasn't with them all the time. But I remember one time I did it, and I was boxing my best friend, and I thought, I'll knock him down. Number one, if you've never boxed, it is so tiring. Has, any, has anybody ever done anything? It is so, you see those guys, when you see Rocky training and doing all that and, and doing all the, the uh, training, that's because it wears you out really, really quick, you know, swinging your arms. So I got in and, 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 and we're boxing and man, it, it, it wears you out quick, but I got jacked. All of a sudden my friend, bam, hit me. I don't think I went down, but wow. Anyway. I can't imagine going 15 rounds with a world-class fighter. How exhausting. We are not in a one-round fight. And some people are like, yeah, but I, I went through this. I, I should be, you know, where's the fruit? We're done, right? No, no, we're not talking about you doing it yourself. You just, I'm trying to do it. No, we're, but we need to stay in the, it's like, God, where are you? Why hasn't this happened yet? I'm done. Should be over by now. Where's the fruit? Well, those are those other categories that we read about. This is not the winning. This is not going through. Doesn't matter what comes, I'm enduring. Till the fruit comes up, I'm going. You can hit me, you know, like Captain Merrick. I can do this all day. If you haven't watched any Marvel movies, well, I can do this all day. Boom, boom, boom. We need to get into that mindset. If we're going to win, we're not fighting the devil, but he's going to try to knock us out. We don't, he's already been defeated, but he'll try to convince you he hasn't been defeated, and he's going to take you out. But the thing we know about him is he's a liar. He's a known liar. So when he's putting the pressure and trying to tell you stuff, we need to say, you're defeated. I'm not going anywhere. Is that all you have? I'm staying in. Because that's exactly what this is saying. Let's look at that in the Amplified. Luke 8, 15 in the Amplified. <clears throat> it says, but as for that seed in the good soil, these are the people who, hearing the word, hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with 
patience, steadily. You see some words there, steadily bringing forth fruit. That's not, woo, got the fruit, done. That is steadily. That is, I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going, and pfft, nope, that's not going to knock, nope, that's knock me off, not going to knock me off. I'm going to bring forth fruit with what? Patience. Patience. We're in this for the long haul. God's plan isn't always, we're there. We need to know if he's told us to do something, we go on and we're going to bear fruit with patience. God's faithful. In the message, I like this one the best, this particular verse. Um, it says, Luke 8, 15 in the message, But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. They do it what? They hold on no matter what. What are you holding on to? The word. What is that? You're believing no matter what. What you see, what you feel, what the conditions are, what somebody tells you, I'm believing. Until what? Until there's a harvest. I am not quitting until the fruit is coming up. Amen. We're talking about heavy duty, going through, soldier mentality. I'm not, when do you, when do you stop? When it's done. There's no halfway. Well, I don't see the fruit yet, but I've done it long enough. No, you haven't done long enough because the fruit's not up. God will always honor his word. Satan is trying to get each individual, each Christian, to let go of the word before the fruit comes up. That's what we're talking about. In a nutshell, you talk about the fight of faith. Satan's trying to get you to let go before the fruit comes up. He has no authority to do it, but he will put pressure. He'll try to get you to let go because he can't force you to do it. He's a con. He's an intimidator. He's a bully. He tries to push you, get you to see, get you to feel, get you to look and say, see, there's no way. There's no fruit here, and it's never going to be any fruit. Look, look, look. He tries, what is he trying to get you to do? Let go. But what does it say here? Hold on no matter what. Sticking with it until there is a harvest. Hebrews 6.11 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. The promise says, Through faith and patience. Patience. So you're going to be in faith for the long haul. Not just faith for a little bit until you get some pressure and then you let go. We read about that. No. Faith and patience. You're applying faith, but it's pressure until what? Until you see the promise come to pass. Until, until the fruit's up. What do we want to hear? God we want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. We want it to be complete, what he's told us to do. Hebrews 10.36 says, for you have need of endurance, 
so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, but I've done the will of God, but I've done it, but I've done it. You need endurance. We need endurance so that after we've done it, we receive the promise. What's that? That's fruit. The fruit's up. It's mature. And we don't let it go until we see the fruit, until we've received the end of our faith. Until we've received what God said was ours. That's faith. He told us it's ours. He said, I've given this to you, whether it's in His Word, black and white, or He's spoken it to you by His Spirit. And, he, and it's His plan for you. He's spoken to you and said, you do this and that, and you go until you see the fruit of what He told you. Amen. Not letting go. Not getting pushed off. Not getting distracted. Not getting deceived. What, is all, what are all those things? Trying to pull us off the Word. Trying to pull us out of faith. We need to come in knowing. Knowing. Right now, we're going through the... No! Every one of these things will come at every person within the sound of my voice. Will. That's not a bad confession. We just read it in the Word. Jesus spoke it out. Who's the one standing at the end? You endure all these tactics. We know what Satan will do. Jesus told us. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. Don't be surprised because he will try them on you. He's defeated, but he will run the play on you. And sometimes we act surprised. What? Me? I thought, I heard the word. Man, I've heard three series on faith. Why is this, why would this thing come into me? Why is this pressure? And we act surprised, like, what? You heard some messages, or you, you walked a little bit, or I walked a little bit, and we're all, we can all be guilty of it. It's like, wait, wait, I, this should be done. This should be over. I'm done. I'm ready, I'm ready for the timeout. Did I lose you guys? That's, that's at the very place we need to kick it into high gear and say, nope, not quit until it's done. I was talking to a friend of mine a while ago, and we were talking about uh, some things related. And he was talking about a certain person that was well known in the bicycling world. And they asked him, how is it that when everybody else is going by the wayside at certain points in the race, you're able to keep going. How is that? And he said, everything I did up until, because they were talking about the pain that you endure when at that point, and, and these professionals, they're all succumbing to it. How is it that you're not? And he said, everything I did up until that point was to go through the pain and the pressure, everything up to that point was just to be able to endure that. In other words, I, I trained knowing that's when I have to push through. If I, don't, if I don't go through at that point, I'm failing. And sometimes we have heard the word and we've done the word. 
But when the pressure reaches a certain place, not that Satan can, he can't overtake you, but when the circumstances don't look the way you think they should, there reaches a point where, where it's easy to say, well, it should be done by now. No, that's the point. That's the point when we need to endure at that point and say, no, I'm going through until. It doesn't matter. This is why I'm here. This is what separates these different accounts. All of us think we're automatically, well, we'll just go in the last thing. But notice they overcame these other things. They didn't get distracted. They didn't let persecution they held on to the word and kept going and believed God and said, no, no, God's faithful, God's faithful, God's faithful, God's faithful. We're going through, we're going over, fruit's coming up and keep speaking and keep believing until, until. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank